Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jake Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. This week is filled with happy surprises for all radio listeners, for it marks the return to the air for the fall season of five of your favorite NBC radio programs. Tuesday evening, the Cavalcade of America will once again recreate the interesting stories from our nation's history. Stars of Hollywood and Broadway will portray historical roles each week on Cavalcade of America. And Tuesday's star will be lovely Joan Caulfield. Wednesday evening, the big story returns to bring you the adventure and thrilling experiences behind the headlines in America's newspapers. And Thursday marks the return of two fine programs. First, it's the Roy Rogers Show featuring new adventures in the wild and woolly west. Later Thursday, it's Father Knows Best back on NBC with Robert Young in the title role. And Friday, your hit parade returns with the top music of the land as played and sung by Guy Lombardo and his orchestra. So for the finest in entertainment all week long, remember to hear these wonderful shows. Now, today's Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Three Victims. It is 5.30 on a Saturday afternoon in August, 1935. Eighteen miles south of the town of Horton, in a hilly section of Texas, a young couple on horseback rides through the brush toward the crest of a long, sloping ridge. That's path up ahead, honey. Yeah, I didn't think we'd ever make it. Oh, I'm not tired, are you? Well, maybe a little. Well, how about one more race, huh? Stay down the road and across the field over the creek. Oh, I've had enough racing today, Tim. Besides, you cheated on the last one. Cheated? Oh, that's a fine thing to say. It's true. I'd have run easy if you hadn't cheated and gone through those cottonwoods. Oh, you know that shortcut as well as I do. Well, I forgot about it, and it wasn't fair for you to remember. <laughs> Let's well, stop a second, Tim. Such a pretty view from here. Okay, honey. Hold on. Oh, boy. 
This is a nice cold day. Yeah. Sun makes those hills look just like a painting. Remember how we used to ride out here Saturday afternoons before we were married? Yeah. And I also remember when I had to work Saturdays, you'd ride out here with Ernie John. Oh, you're not still jealous of Ernie, are you, Tim? Me? Of course not. <laughs> yes, you are. Tim. What? Uh. Follow running across that field down there. Huh? Where? Oh, yeah. He sure is making tracks. Isn't that the college fellow who works for you every now and then? I believe it is. Ah, oh, sure, sure, that's Joe. Looks like he's running away from something. Don't see anybody after him. Maybe what... something's happened down on the road. We better go see. Come on, honey. Okay. No, no, not that way. We'll cut straight down this bank. It's quick. All right. All right, easy. Come on, boy. Easy, boy. Come on. Yep. How you making it, honey? I'm just fine. Carl on the side of the road down there. Yeah. Hey, those two people lying on the ground next to it look like they're hurt. Oh. crime, he sent his deputies to the scene of the shooting and requested assistance from Texas Rangers. Then he drove to the hospital to talk to the injured boy. The young man identified himself as Henry Elman, but was in no condition to give the sheriff a detailed account of the killings. In the meantime, Ranger Jace Pearson arrived at the spot where the bodies were found and began questioning Alice Duncan, who had returned after calling the sheriff. Where was the boy when you first saw him, Mr. Duncan? He was up this hill, about halfway between here and the brook. But he was on his way back toward the road. That's right. Oh, it must have been awful for him. Seeing his folks get shot and having to run away to keep from being killed in camp. Looks like he was shot at even after he ran away. How do you know that? When I was up there, I saw some bullet holes in the trees. You or your husband hear any shots before you got here? No. First we knew anything was wrong was when we saw the colored fellow running across the field. You're sure he was coming from this direction? Oh, yes. Right from where the car was. You know his name? His first name's Joe, but I don't know his last. I'm sure my husband does, though. Joe works for him sometimes. I think that'll be all for the time being, Miss Duncan. Thanks. If it's all right, Ranger, I reckon I'll wait for my husband and ride home with him. I... What's the matter, man? Nothing. I, I feel kind of... You're a little pale. Better sit down over here on this rock. Oh, <laughs> Yes, I am feeling a little sick. All of a sudden, when I look at those bodies again, I... I'm not even feel this way till now. It's reaction. Sometimes it takes a while to hit you. 
I got some water in a canteen in my car. Would you like some? I'll be all right. Drink a trip for a minute. That poor boy. The way he looked when he found out his folks were dead. His eyes. That awful cry. You don't have to talk about it anymore now, ma'am. No. Sheriff's car's coming. Maybe he's got your husband with him. Excuse me a minute. I'm feeling the take you. Howdy, Hello, Sheriff. This is Tim Duncan. Well, howdy, Ranger. I think you better look after your wife, Mr. Duncan. She isn't feeling too well. Oh, well, then I'll take her right home. She doesn't want to ride the horse back. I'll have my deputy take her home in the car, Tim. Oh, right, thanks, Sheriff. J.B.'s on his way out, Jason. Did you talk to the boy in the hospital? I tried. Found out his name was Henry Elman. Only thing I could get out of him was a man who robbed him was a Negro. Young Elman was really in a state. The doc finally had to give him a hypodermic. Who's that in your car? And it could be our man, Jace. That's the fellow the Duncans were talking about? Yeah, Joe Codrad. Tim knew where he lived, so I picked him up at his house on the way out here. Did you talk to him? A little bit. He sure tells a phony story. Personally, I think he's in this thing up to his ear. Well, let's get him into town. We'll find out what he knows. <laughs> Sheriff took Joe Cartwright ahead in his car, and I followed. On the way into town, I radioed for a lab man to check over the scene of the shooting. Joe was fingerprinted and photographed. Twenty minutes later, the sheriff brought him into the office. Go ahead, Joe. Yes, sir. Sit down. Yes, sir. Ranger Pearson wants to ask you some questions. Please, Mr. Sheriff, I got a headache. I got it real bad. Where were you between five and six this afternoon, Joe? Uh, I, I reckon I was home, sir. Now, wait a minute. You told me before you were at the car where the people were killed. Please, my headache. My back, too. I can't think. I'm so tired. Were you at the car, Joe? Yes, sir. Reckon I was. Did you kill Mr. and Mrs. Elman? No, sir. I didn't kill nobody. How'd you happen to be at the car? Well, sir, I was walking along this road, and I hear shooting. I run to see what it was, and when I got to the car, I seen two people laying on the ground. Looked like they're dead. Tell the ranger what you did then. Well, I wanted to call the police. So I ran across the field to Mr. Smith's house. That's about three miles from the car. I know Mr. Smith. He got a phone. Or did you call? No, sir. Mr. Smith, he went home. What'd you do then? I started running some more. Uh, down toward the store near where my house is. I know that is the next phone. But you never did phone, did you, Joe? No, sir. Why not? Well, I was cutting across the field, and, and when I got almost down to the road, I hear sirens making a big noise and a couple of cars coming along fast. So I noticed somebody done already called the police. Then you went back to your house and didn't bother any more about it. That right, Joe? Yes, sir. I had to feed my hog. I don't think you're telling us the truth. I am telling the truth, Mr. Sheriff. I didn't kill nobody. Let me see your sleeve a second, Joe. My sleeve? Uh-huh. You know what this spot is on the corner of your cuff? Uh, no, sir. It's dried blood. How'd it get there? Uh, I, I don't know, sir. Maybe when I've been over them people to see if they was dead, I might have touched some of the blood. And you might have got it on you when you killed them. I didn't kill 